Good evening, high school football fans. This is High School Football America for July 14, 2016. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. And we are back after our little summer break there, and we are ready to rock and roll into the 2016 High school football season practice getting underway in just a couple of weeks, and uh, we are just about ready to enter our sixth year of being America's premier weekly national high school football talk show. As uh, next week, we will celebrate the beginning of our sixth year. It all started back July 21st of 2011. And you can listen to all of our past shows for free in our archives at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Right now, we're spending a whole lot of time uh, getting the algorithm all loaded up as uh, on August the 1st, we will be releasing our preseason top 25. For those of you new to High School Football America, uh, we started in 2013 working on our proprietary algorithm, and we uh, have fine-tuned it over the last uh, several years, and uh, we look forward to what's going to be released here on August the 1st as we will name our uh, national top 25 and then the other 25, which means we're going to release uh, teams 1 through 50. That will also result in our uh, seven regional rankings. We do a top 10 in uh, seven regions, and then we also do our Southern California top 25 along with our California top 25. So that's all coming out. Uh, the the preseason poll is um, not all algorithm. It's, it's about 90% algorithm, but there are some tweaks in it. We put a little bit of personal opinion in there uh, just to uh, make sure that it's all balanced out. But once the season starts, which has been the case since 2013, the algorithm kicks in and it's all about what the algorithm says. No opinion in there and uh, very proud of what we've been able to create over the last... Um, three years, and uh, we had Allen being our national champs for three straight years. Uh, the first one in 2012 was a an opinion poll where they tied with John Curtis out of Louisiana. Then they won back-to-back -back, uh, national championships, mythical variety, at High School Football America using the algorithm. Last year, Colquitt County out of Moultrie, Georgia, ended up being our number one team. So who's going to be number one? Coming up here on August the 1st, well, we're going to be giving you some previews of teams over the next couple of weeks to give you an idea. We'd, uh, we'd done a, a few uh, so far. I uh, had uh, Northwestern out of South Carolina, uh, which is a very good ball club. Uh, we had uh, Cibolo Steele and uh, Scott Lenoff, the head coach there, will be joining us on the show in just a little bit to talk about how good they'll be this year. Grayson, another great program. Uh, we previewed them, and we're going to have a couple uh, more, several more coming up here over the next um, several weeks. So uh, go to highschoolfootballamerica.com every day as we're going to, uh, from here on out, have a new team for you to uh, preview each and every day. Now, Scott Lenoff will be on the show tonight, head coach at Cibolo Steel there outside of San Antonio. So we're talking a little Texas high school football tonight. And then we're going to talk some Southern California football as we will have uh, two guests on the show. After uh, Scott Lenoff comes on, we'll have Randy Cross, the three-time Super Bowl champion center of the San Francisco 49ers, former CBS broadcaster and uh, a Southern Cal uh, high school football alum. He went to Crespi High School in Encino, California, will join us. And uh, Randy and I will uh, uh, talk about a bunch of topics, everything from his uh, time back in, uh, in high school to his thoughts on the current state 
of the game. And, of course, Randy uh, covers almost uh, five decades of it uh, as he's been around for a long time, and we'll joke about that, but some great perspective on the uh, sport of high school football. And then on the back end of the show, we're going to talk with uh, Chris Calvin, who is an assistant coach at Sarah High School in Gardena, California, here in Southern California. He's in the process of writing a book that will uh, outline in detail what it's taken for him to go from a uh, high school football player at Sarah to uh, Fresno State where he uh, ran track and then uh, really uh, had a bang on some doors and knocked down some doors to uh, get into the coaching profession. He uh, got it all started with being a graduate assistant at Fresno State and now he's coaching uh, at his alma mater and uh, Chris is going to outline uh, a little bit what's going to be in the book and a lot of things that he went through. Uh, some good tips in there, news that you can use on how to become a high school football coach. want to welcome back all of our sponsors for the 2016 season beginning with Crossover. And if you haven't been with us uh, talking about crossover over the last year, well, you're missing out as uh, these are the innovators when it comes to game film breakdown. Coaches, we know how much time it takes for you to sit there and waste time at times on the weekend, I would say, just doing that, you know, the minutia. I'm not talking about actually game planning off of film. I'm talking about the minutia of putting in all the details and getting it all the right way. Well, crossover does it for you. It's crossover with a K.com forward slash football for your free demo you can also go to highschoolfootballamerica.com and click on all of our sponsors banner ads to get right to what you need to find out about it but uh, crossover great product and we're going to have ken hoffman from crossover coming on the show here uh, coming up uh, shortly uh, next couple of weeks we'll have him on Uh, we also uh, have uh, echo 1612 back echo 1612 the innovators yes they're the guys that came up with the idea of instant replay on the sidelines. Yeah, other people are following just like people are following crossover, but Echo has been doing it right from the beginning, eight seconds after the play is done, right there on your sideline. College football is now involved with the Exo system, so you need to check out Echo 1612 at echo1612.com. And also back this year is our good friends at Southern Sport, the TDI Razor, the Debris Inhibitor Razor, keeping those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes. And they've got some great new styles this year they can customize these for you uh great colors over 20 of them just go to tdi razor with a u r-a-z-u-r tdi razor.com to learn more use the code hsfa to get a discount on your order so with all that business out of the way we are ready to rock and roll with our first guest we have three of them tonight and when we come back we're going to talk with scott lenoff the head coach at Cibolo steel outside of san antonio texas one of the top programs in the country this year they're going to be ranked highly when the high school football america preseason top 25 comes out on august 1 so you won't want to miss our interview with head coach scott lenoff of Cibolo steel talking texas football in the heart of texas when we come back You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes, the future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. 
Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest 
advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. USA Today High School Sports is America's leading platform for high school football. The Super 25 team rankings and expert American Family Insurance All-USA list have been determining the best of the best nationally and locally for more than three decades. Be sure to check out USAtodayhss.com, the best in the game for everything high school football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Check out great national and Southern California coverage from USA Today High School Sports. Go to usatodayhss.com. Well, we kick off year number six of High School Football America on the radio by going deep into the heart of Texas in a very good program outside of San Antonio, Cibolo Steel. Steel High School has uh, had quite a tradition over the last uh, six to seven years, and we have the uh, head coach of the program on to talk about uh, what should be a pretty special 2016. Scott Lanoff is on the line right now to talk about uh, the Knights and uh, a program that he's led to a 39-5 and record since taking over back in 2013. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. Honored to be here with you. Well, it's it's happy. We're happy to have you on here to start the sixth year. And uh, earlier this year, we were kind of doing our previews of teams to watch. And I know Max Preps has given you a shout out uh, as well. And last year, you guys got as high as number sixteen in our national rankings, which is based on an algorithm. So uh, the 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 good news is you were that high. The better news is you got a lot of talent back, especially on defense. So let's uh, kind of just dive into uh, some of the things you've been doing through spring ball and and, and summer. And and, and what you're getting ready for is, uh, as we head to camp. What are some of the things you want to work on this year to make sure this team does kind of live up to the hype you're getting at this point? Well, yeah, we, we just we, we got to first off not worry about the hype too much and, and try to try to just focus on us and, and getting better and improving and, and doing the things that uh, uh, that got us to this point, and then you know tweaking some things that, that we need to tweak to, to maybe get beyond this point. Um, you know, last three of the last four years, we've lost a, an unbelievable KD program out of Houston that, uh, you know, physically we, ha- we haven't matched up real well with. And um, uh, so that was the focus of all season, obviously, is getting stronger and getting bigger. And, and, uh, and uh, hopefully if we, we run into them or someone similar to them, that uh, we're able to, to match up a little bit better, especially – among the offensive line, defensive line. Talking to Scott Lenoff tonight, the head coach at Cibolo Steel in Texas. Uh, you mentioned it, and that's where I was going to go next. It's kind of that bridesmaid thing there. Katie has been kind of a, a bugaboo, but you guys have gotten to the state semis three of the last four years. Um, I, I know that's the great thing about high school football. Every year changes, but do you guys kind of turn that into a little bit of energy heading into this year that, you know, hey, it's time to take that next step? Definitely, we've you know obviously want to build off fourteen and one is is an exceptional um, exceptional season for anybody, and we're, we're we're trying to to do what we can to take that next step again, and to to get back to that state championship game and win that state championship game, and that's um, you know we've talked to our kids where while around the city of San Antonio we may be considered elite um, statewide, the last few years we we haven't been able to say that, and. Uh, 
um, you know, Katie has been the elite team. Uh, Cedar Hill has been an elite team. Um, those are the two teams that have, have dominated our division. And uh, we, we want to be mentioned within those programs and, um, we got to take the next step to do so. Let's talk about some of the kids that uh, make a difference. I, I, I know you've got your quarterback back, uh, Xavier Martin. You've got your leading receiver back. You've got some guys that can carry the football as well. But offensive line, I guess, is the thing that I've read that uh, is the thing that you're working on as far as rebuilding. You lost, uh, I think it was the entire front, right? So what's what's that been mm-hmm. like in, in, in spring ball? And, and, and give us some names of some kids here hoping to fill some shoes from last year's great program. Yeah, we uh, offensive line wise, we lost lost all those guys um, of the five up there. We do return Trey Armstrong, who, who's our tight end. Who Trey um, Trey's invaluable to us as far as being able to attach the tight end, come in the backfield and play a fullback position, split out and play some receiver. So, um, you know, we're it's a good start for us getting him back with all his experience. Um, but uh, the offensive line was obviously a focus of the spring. Um, we were pretty good up front defensively, and those guys were tested all spring long, and I'm hoping that uh, that competition uh, made them better for the fall. So play some young guys up there that uh, a lot of them hadn't been in the, the Friday night fire yet and and um, hoping that they've worked this summer and gotten better and, and, uh, and are ready to go. Um, Offensively, uh, you know, I think, it, like you said, it kind of all starts with Xavier Martin at quarterback. We, he was exceptional last year, and then um, he, in the third round of the playoffs, he had the high ankle sprain that limited him in, in round four, and then um, re-injured again against Katie in the, the second series of the game there. That um, it would obviously have been nice having him out there. So. Um, you got Xavier there at quarterback, and then uh, at the running back position, you got Travell Travell Lumpkin, who uh, had a great year last year as well. C.J. Williams, who's maybe set our uh, our uh, career receptions mark already, um, and's got another year left uh, season's reception mark. Um, C.J.'s a extremely bright kid. He's got some attention from the Ivy League schools, and um, you know, a great leader on and off the field for us. Um, we got some other young receivers that we we expect uh, big things about things with, but um, offensively that, that pretty much rounds it out. Yeah, it's good to have uh, the quarterback coming back. I just give the listeners an idea. Martin's numbers last year uh, over twenty one hundred yards passing, twenty one TDs, only three picks. Uh, uh, also ran for uh, nearly 700 yards and eight touchdowns. And, and I believe, I, I think this is a quote from you or just uh, some sort of anecdotal story when you were talking about uh, Martin. You, you compared him to former Steel alum and uh, Nebraska quarterback Tommy Armstrong. Uh, it, 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 tell us a little bit about uh, how similar he is because I know a lot of listeners uh, you know that have watched Nebraska know how good Tommy is. So h- how do you compare the two? Yeah, I think that um, uh, Tommy, was, Tommy was such a uh, – uh, an elite competitor and um, an elite leader, and just uh, he, he kind of willed things to happen just just through his sheer competitiveness. Um, I don't know if I've ever been around another competitor quite like him um, in my years here or coaching. Um, Xavier was is probably a little bit. Uh, Maybe has a little bit more natural accuracy than Tommy. I don't know if he's got the quite as big arm as Tommy did. Um, and Xavier Xavier's probably faster than Tommy is, um, but not quite as big. So 
you know, it, it's hard to compare players, but uh, uh, both those guys are great players and, and um, you know, leaders of our team and faces of our program and and uh, guys that uh, we owe a lot of success to. Talking Cibolo Steel High School on uh, high school football on High School Football America tonight uh, down around San Antonio in Texas. Scott Lenoff, the head coach on the line, and uh, you know, uh, offense is always getting a, a lot of notice nowadays since we throw the ball around so much. But uh, maybe the core here, as I looked at the team stats uh, off your max preps last year, was uh, you've got uh, I believe six of the top seven tacklers back and a linebacking crew that <laughs> looks pretty darn good. Uh, take the listeners through a little bit about how strong this defense. Should be this year for you. Yeah, we lost uh, Mark Jackson last year. Who's defensive end is at Oklahoma. Who Mark was a um, an extremely uh, good talent that uh, is moving on. But other than that, we return the rest of that front seven, um, which includes Josh Carlson at a at a at a, at a uh, defensive tackle position. Who Josh is um, again one of those kids that. Uh, not only is fantastic on the field, but may maybe even better off of it um, as a person and, and the way that he operates academically and and uh, just the type of kid that he is. Uh, Quincy Williams, the other defensive tackle, who's a six three, two hundred ninety pound kid who uh, um, had a great year last year. Uh, Henry Willoughby, a defensive end, um, in a linebacker position, we return all three of those guys. That uh, starting with Teron Morris in the middle. Um, who uh, should be much improved after playing all last year, playing 15 games, and uh, and had a great spring. Uh, J.C. Ivory, outside backer, and Jaden Jackson at uh, the other outside backer. Those guys are those guys are tackling machines, and uh, and just you know one word to describe those guys as football players. I mean, they're just um, they just make plays. Uh, they're not the biggest guys in the world, and not maybe prototype linebackers but they got noses for the football and uh great effort and uh you know whether it's special teams or or playing defense there those guys are getting it done scott lenoff on the line tonight cibolo steel Football taking front and center on high school football, American. You mentioned it at the top about the hype. Uh, it's going to keep coming as USA Today comes out with a Super 25 and all that. Um, what are the things you do tell the kids? I mean, I know it's easy to say, you know, ignore the hype, don't read it, but that's not going to happen in 2016. H- how do you and your staff kind of handle that part of the deal? and uh, or, or do you embrace it and just say, well, it's good to be noticed, but, you know, <laughs> we haven't won a game yet this year? Yeah, I think it's um... – I, I think you recognize it, and you, uh, you know, you, you tell the kids that that you know what an honor it is to be noticed by some national publications and state publications, and and uh, to get the publicity that we're going to do. But bottom line is, each week we've got a job to do, and um, success is not continuous, and success is not you know, just because you did well one week does not mean you're going to do well the next week, and. From week to week, it also goes year to year. And um, although we've we've had tremendous success the last uh, last four years and beyond that, um, each year's different, and we got to continue to work and continue to do it. And talk is talk, and and uh, you know sometimes the effort that goes into a football team and a football season is what's overlooked, and uh, guys still have to get it done. And uh, well, you know, so we just preach every day. We've got to, we got to work to get it done. 
and uh, you guys have a, a good test there. Uh, September the 2nd, uh, Lake Travis, uh, Division Two runner-up last year. Uh, part, of, part of the idea here in this schedule and putting a team like that up front is to, to kind of test. I, I know you guys have played some other you know, big games early on in the season over the last couple of years. Uh, that, is that the idea behind scheduling like a Lake Travis? Yeah, we you know we've well one it's hard to find it's it's hard to find games when, when you you've won as many games as we have and, and Lake Travis is in the same boat, um, so I don't know if either of us really want to play each other. We'd probably rather play somebody else, but um, you know it is tough to find non-district opponents, and uh, we've got great history with Lake Travis. We. Uh, you know, we we played them, and the, unfortunately, we matched up with them in the second round um, back in 2008 and 2009. Um, years that they went on to win the state title, and and we came very close, but weren't able to get it done. And, and we felt like we were the second best team in the state. And uh, it was unfortunate we always had to match up so early in the playoffs with them. But uh, they're back. They've they've had some years that you know they've. Uh, that maybe that weren't like 2008, 2009, 2010, but now that um, obviously going to state title game last year and now uh, returning a whole lot of, of that team, um, they're they're primed and set for a big run too. So, um, you know, we're excited about it. I know our kids have got it, uh, got it marked in their heads, but at the same time, Right now, the most important one is uh, week one against Madison because that's the first one that, that lies in front of us. Yeah, and I know your fans will be jacked. I was there in 2010 when you guys won the state championship. Uh, that that you, you, Your fans are pretty vociferous, I'll put it that way. Scott Lenahan on the line, wrapping up here, uh, talking Cibolo Steel football. And, and it's kind of the last question. is sort of a, a little bit of the first question, which is now as you go into camp and, and into the season, what are the things on the checklist that you say, hey, the Knights have to do this in order to achieve you know kind of the lofty expectations do you have you know two three things that you're you're saying we've got to do this to, to to get back to that state semi and maybe get over the hump into the state championship game well i think when you to make a state tower run you've got to have a little bit of luck and uh last year unfortunately i i don't know if we had that luck with some of the injuries that we had, um, Xavier, uh, Bryson Denley getting hurt in that same game, the week three playoff game, Bryce was a running back who um, will be going to Bowling Green. Um, you know, so you've got to have some things that go your way and, and the ball to bounce your way a little bit. Um, and then you've got to progress from week to week. And um, I think in years past we, we've done a, we've had some teams that maybe weren't what they should have been week one, but by week 14, 15, 16, um, they're playing their best football. And that's what we've got to realize that we've got to continue to get better as the season goes and not be satisfied with a win here, a win there. Um, I think that's important. Um, week 16 and December 21st or 22nd, whenever the game is this year, it's that's a long way from now. And uh, it's, it's kind of a season's a marathon. Mm-hmm. we got to get better. And we've had a lot of coaches on. It's a marathon, but it's a nice time to cross the finish line if you're playing that deep uh, toward the Christmas holiday. Well, Coach, we, we wish you nothing but uh, success in 2016. Appreciate you joining us on the show tonight. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you. Very welcome. Taking a break, coming back with more. You're listening to High School Football America.
instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes, the future is here with Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system. Echo's cutting edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. 
Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. USA Today High School Sports is America's leading platform for high school football. The Super 25 team rankings and expert American Family Insurance All-USA list have been determining the best of the best nationally and locally for more than three decades. Be sure to check out usatodayhss.com, the best in the game for everything high school football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up for great Southern California and national coverage. Learn more by going to usatodayhss.com. Well, with the high school football uh, practices getting ready to start in the next couple of weeks, thought it'd be a good time to look back and see how far the sports come over the last four decades. Not going to make Randy Cross sound too old, but he's going to be able to talk about that. Randy Cross, yes, the man who played at Crespi High School in Southern California, uh, College football Hall of Famer from UCLA, three-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Pro Bowler, could go on and on. Also, after retiring, a top-notch broadcaster on the line to talk a little bit about the game that uh, got it all started for him. Welcome to the show, Randy. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't want to make you sound too old, but you can talk about 40 years worth of the sport here. <laughs> I, 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 got a, I have no problem that was, you know, with that term at all. Uh, I've, come to, I've come to grips with that uh, my length of experience qualifies in that, in, in that category. Yeah, it makes, you a, it makes you a seasoned veteran, we'll call it. Well, let's, let's, go, yeah. let's go back to the beginning. You're a Southern California boy as far as football is concerned, although you were born in the Northeast. But tell us a little bit about way back when uh, and, and what got you involved in the sport. Well, it was actually um, sort of it was more social related than anything else. Uh, I, when my dad had first <clears throat> offered to sign me up for football, I think I was around 12, 13 years old, um, you know, right around that, you know, seventh grade, that type of time. <clears throat> I was kind of a, a shorter, chunky kid. And because of my weight, you know, I wasn't going to play with my age group. I was going to have to play up. And I had never really done anything but, for you know, rec league and that kind of football. You know, sort of go to the park and, and throw it around and have fun like that. So I'd never really played real football. And I didn't figure I wanted to start out playing with a bunch of guys that were <laughs> older and bigger than me. Um, I was going to play Sequoia, Sequoia Junior High out in, the, out in the valley, which is right there next to Reseda High School. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad wanted me to go to a private school. Um, he decided, you know, and probably not a bad idea. I was, I was kind of, uh, wandering off the path, you may say. Uh, so I, I had to go take an entrance exam. I thought I had sandbagged it. I thought I had 
you know, turn design on the yeah, on the on the multiple choices, and I had done bad enough. I wouldn't have to worry about going to this Catholic all boys school. <laughs> you know, I insisted to my dad. You know, I really don't want to be a priest, Dad. And he goes, "Well, that's not the point, son." Um, and I looked little to my horror. My um, trying to sandbag it made things worse because I think I got like a ninety-two on the entrance exam. Nice. And um, yeah, yeah, and and I. You know, I Last last ditch thing, I said, Dad, I can't go to a school. I don't know anybody. That doesn't make any sense. It's going to be just horrible for a year. He goes, you know what? Go out for football. Because if you play football, you'll probably have, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 guys on that team. At least you'll know those people. <laughs> so that's kind of why I started football. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Dad just forced you to go. and, and the yeah, one... I had to go to the office. The Catholic all boys school in the valley, you know, it was. I was horrified, uh-uh. and 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 football didn't make it any better when suddenly I learned the terms gassers and <laughs> you know bull in the ring and pinched nerve and all those other things. Oh yes, and and it, not not a bad football program at that, and a bad. It's a great school, obviously. But let let's go through that then. So you go in there with very little kind of love for the sport. I mean, when did it finally sink in that I'm pretty good at this and I might want to do it? Yeah, it took a it took a year or two. Um, I don't know for for those that are from Southern California and have uh, equal experience, I should say, as I do. Um, you'll remember the term, you know, when you started high school back then, like in the ninth grade, they did your height and your weight, and that gave you your exponents, which was where you were going to sit in competition as competition went. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were a certain height and weight, you were going to be a freshman, you know, in competition. A certain height and weight and age, you'd be sophomore, varsity, all that. Well, beginning of freshman year, I was five foot six. And I weighed like 185 pounds, so uh, not exactly uh, ripped in muscle. I was a little horizontally challenged, and not a scat back. Uh, but I, but I had always been able to throw a ball really well. In fact, in, in our games, we always played like with my friends at the parks and stuff. I was a quarterback because I could throw the ball the farthest, and I could throw the ball the best. So I, I went, you know, in the beginning of practice. I told my coach I wanted to be a quarterback. And that lasted for about a day and a half <laughs> when he, he looked at me. And, you know, I, I told him, you know, I'm not getting to do very much. This is, I mean, we had like six quarterbacks. And he goes, well, let, let me explain to you how this is going to work. He goes, you're playing, for, you're playing football on a team. Our varsity never throws it. They run every down. Mm-hmm. Our JV never throws it. They run every down. I have every plan on doing exactly what the varsity does. We're going to run it every down. We're not going to throw it. So the fact that you can throw the best really doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> but if you go move up front to the offensive line, because you are a little bigger, you might be able to play all the time. So and- that's uh, that's when I donned my tools of ignorance and uh, put my hand on the ground. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we're going to talk about your son who did play quarterback in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, obviously the DNA was somewhere mm-hmm. down there way back in the back in the day. Um, talk a little bit about that high school experience. I mean, whether you've gone to the highest level like you have. And by the way, we're talking with Randy Cross on the line on High School Football America tonight, you know, winning three Super Bowls or the guy that just, you know, it ended at the end of, you know, his high school career. You know, it sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song in the background, you know, glory days and all that. But what what, what, what are your glory uh, moments about being at Crespi? Well, it's, you know, we were, we were very good my senior year. We were okay my sophomore and junior year. I didn't play varsity as a sophomore. I played varsity only for two years, which these days, you know, you're not a legitimate prospect if you don't play all four years at yeah. Simpson High School. <laughs> um, but that's just sort of the, the plan our coaches had, and we had a decent team. And my glory days, what my senior year, you know, it's uh, I, I had one of those storybooks. My girlfriend was a homecoming queen. You know, I was all CIF and all this, and I also threw the shot put in track and field. And so I, I had a good bit of notoriety for a, a school which at that time had, you know, I think it was right around 400 boys mm-hmm. going to school there. Um, we did extremely well in track and field and basketball and football. And, um, you know, going there turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me, though, as the 14-year-old me in the ninth grade, you would not have been able to convince me of that. <laughs> well, Dad was right, and you didn't become a priest, so we know those two things. That's so, right. So far. Oh, the- yeah. I, I missed that one by a good bit, actually. <laughs> Well, you know, you talked about track and uh, you know track and field, and you were, uh, I think you still hold the Crespi record, right, in the shot put, uh, meaning you're a multi-sport athlete. Just want your take on that mm-hmm. today because, you know, we do have, you know, it's not just football. There's other sports, soccer, baseball. you got to play one. you got to concentrate on all that. Um, what's your take on, on the multi-sport athlete and, and what it does for young men these days? Well, I, I think it's something that too many kids are missing out on. Um, you know, they – they, they, it seems like when they do play a sport, the only time they leave their house is when they're either training or playing the sport itself. Um, if they're good at golf, all they do is golf. If they're good at football, all they do is play football. If, you know, they hoop up well, then heck, all you do is play hoops. Um, and, and I think it really cuts back on some very valuable lessons because no matter how you look at each sport and how adept at it you are, you're missing out that total body body training and that muscle memory and hand-eye coordination I think you get from various different skills. You know, it takes a different skill to, um, to throw a ball as it does to shoot a ball, as it does to hit a ball, as it does to, you know, go down the list. And being able to master all these other things I think makes you just all around a, a better athlete and it makes you gives you a better ability to be able to adapt in your own sport that you specialize in. Yeah, I agree 100%. Played three through high school, and it made a difference. I didn't get to your level, but, you know, it, it, it makes that difference that you talked about there. Randy Cross on the line tonight on High School Football America. Played at Crespi High School here in Southern California. Went on to a uh, college football Hall of Fame career for, at UCLA. Three-time Super Bowl champ. You know, I, I went through the list at the beginning, Randy, but when you hear the things coming out of my mouth, again, college football Hall of Fame, you know, three-time Super Bowl champ, pro bowler, I mean, I know it's got to be you know never in your mind when you're 14 years old but what do you think now uh, at your advanced age as I threw at you at the beginning here all the things you accomplished 
Um, <clears throat> you know, in a word, just sort of blessed, mm-hmm. fortunate, whatever your, your your term wants to be. Um, Got to be careful picking terms this, these days, by the way, because people get so easily buttered. Um, <laughs> oh, I agree. But I'm, I'm, you know, I, I would never have thought at 16, I would never have thought at 26 that, you know, I would have been able to, you know, accomplish some of the things I was able to accomplish. I was lucky um, in that I, I really got into the whole concept of a team sport. And I think that helped me not only at Crespi, and that's where I learned it. Um, I learned the value of technique and I learned the value of, you know, breaking down what you did into its most finite pieces and then working on those pieces and then putting it together. Um, and that helped at all levels. And that's something um, I can thank, you know, the high school staff, you know, Steve Butler and Mel Friedman and Joe Hollingsworth. And they were all UCLA Bruins with Terry Donahue on that 66 Rose Bowl team that beat uh, Michigan State. And they were my high school coaches. So I was doing drills that I would later do in college mm. um, fundamentally started when I was 14 years old. So, you know, I, I think it was that, that commitment to, to techniques and whatnot that really made me or enabled me to take full advantage of what I was physically blessed with. Yeah, uh, I think the word blessed is right because I was just going to kind of segue out of that into coaches. I, I, I've been blessed over my 40 years in broadcasting to know some guys that are still coaching their 50-plus years, and I, I think that's going to go away and we're going to lose it. I know your your son you know, played recently and then went on to Wake Forest and UCLA, so you've seen the modern-day coach. Can, can you make a kind of a judgment call on, on, on those old-school guys that we, you just mentioned there versus the new-school coaches? Are, are they better? Are they worse? Are they the same? got a take on that? Well, I, I think obviously, Jeff, and you've been around it about as long as I have, um, and you'll probably agree, you know, so many of the all-time greats, so many of the unbelievable coaches and the high school and college coaching legends from the 60s and 70s um, would be so out of sorts trying to coach <laughs> not only this athlete, but under these conditions. And, and these demands from a almost a social standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be so PC and you have to do things uh, completely different. I would have loved, just loved, I mean, anywhere with an eye or earshot of a concerned parent coming up to, you know, Bill Leeds, my athletic director and track coach, or Steve Butler, my head football coach, and, you know, complained about how little Timmy wasn't getting to play enough and that he actually might have yelled it, yelled in his face at a practice the other day and hurt his feelings. I mean, I, if I could have recorded that, I, I would be happy for the rest of my life. But that's one of the real changes. And, Jeff, it's, it, it's crazy. It's, you know, we're, we're producing a, a whole generation of mama's boys in a sport world sense. And I'm not saying just football. You know, it's 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 all sports because the the constantly hovering helicopter parent has to be involved in everything. Yeah, no, I, 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 you and I have talked, or we're talking for the first time now, but you're spitting out all the stuff that I've believed. And I, I was going to even ask you the question when, when Brendan was, you know, playing high school, what, what type of, uh, you know, father were you? Were you calm? Were you nervous? Boisterous? Quiet? I'm sure you're not the guy yapping in the ear saying Brendan needs to play a little bit more. No, no, I mean, I was, I was watching. I I was there. I tried to watch practices. I was lucky enough to, 
with all three of my kids to be around and be able to be involved and watch them grow up. Um, I rarely said anything football related. I rarely made suggestions. Um, I think his, his senior year when they had all like ninth and 10th graders on the offensive line in front of them, I did volunteer to help him with a little coaching. <laughs> just figured it would probably help help my son's health. I was just going to say. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was promptly told, you know, we can't do those things anymore. Those are illegal. Um, no, but it's um, it, it is it is hard to see. You know, some of the stuff because sorry, you play baseball, it's different. You play basketball, it's different. Football is an incredibly demanding, incredibly difficult, um, brutal sport. And if you don't have the, the makeup to do all that, you don't have any business playing in it. The problem is it's a numbers game in, in high school. Coaches can't afford to run off players because they need all the bodies they can get. Well, well said. Randy Cross on the line tonight, three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, his son played uh, high school football. He lives in uh, outside of Atlanta right now, and his son played uh, high school football, went on to uh, play in college at Wake Forest and UCLA. Um, I was thinking when you, when you went back to, to offer your advice there with, to the offensive line, let's, let's just throw the word fundamentals out at you, a kind of word association. Is it, it, are fundamentals still there, uh, front and center, or is it style over substance? Well, not when I was there. Um, I, I told the coach pretty much up front that, you know, I, I was going to, I was going to kind of go back to what I was taught when I was a kid. You know, they had a Crowther sled, uh, which they had no idea how to use it. So I, I taught the kids how to hit the sled. I taught the kids, you know, some, some specific footwork, um, some ideas of leverage. It's funny. So many high schools these days, Jeff, buy those, like uh, that long chute mm-hmm. with the tarp on top of it, and that's supposed to teach, keep you to teach you how to stay low. You know, kids are smart. That doesn't teach them how to stay low. It teaches them how to not bang their head and then stand straight up. <laughs> so, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with these kids about bending their knees and you know trying to trying to appreciate leverage as much as possible because that to me, I mean. I was taught the techniques. I never lifted weights until my second year at San Francisco in the pros. Wow. I never, I never even touched a weight. Um, I, it was very simple for me. If I lifted weights, I got sore and it took forever to go away. So it didn't take me a long time to figure out, you know what? I don't like being sore. So if I don't lift, I don't have to worry about that. Um, and it, it never hurt me in high school. It didn't hurt me in college. Um, but it, definitely was hammered home by way of face mask in my head um, by a Mr. Curly Culp of the, of the Houston Oilers at the time, um, who's now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that strength is also something you may need when you're playing with adults. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Randy Cross on the line tonight. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here. A couple more questions. We appreciate your time. But, um, you know, one of the things that you were a part of with your son, you know, Brendan, who was a quarterback, and again, I guess he got that DNA from back when you were 14 to, to throw the football. <laughs> but, but Yeah, the, the, yeah that, that and my wife was a ballet dancer and marathon runner, so he, uh, he didn't get the horizontally challenged part. <laughs> 
Well, let's talk about the recruiting process um, and, and, and how it's probably changed a bit from back when you were leaving Crespi. Um, a- any thoughts on that, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it? Um, well, I think the ugly part of it, Jeff, has been pretty well documented these days. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I did get relatively involved on that side only from the standpoint of um, I was sort of, I tried to be my son's BS filter. And, and that was something that you, you could look at a, a school and you could look at a roster and you could look at a team and how it plays and what it does. And you can contrast with what you're being told. Mm. And so I would try to try to help him out with that. Um, and I hammered into his head that, you know, the most important thing for him had to be, you know, where you went to school and when the kind of education you got and what it meant and what it would do for you going forward in your real life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, I, I, I convinced him very young. There was a good chance that he wasn't going to be, uh, wasn't going to get the chance to be like me and have to act like an adult at 35. Finally, <laughs> um, that may come a little bit earlier. So, so that, that, that was a huge part for me in, in the process. And, he basically came down to Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, and Stanford at the end. Good education schools, and it looks like uh, Dad's expertise went to you. You knew what you were talking about. Randy Cross on the line tonight. Uh, by the way, what what would you be? You know, with uh, the five star rating system now, what would you have been coming out of Crespi? You ever think about it? You know, I don't, um, maybe four. Hmm. I mean, I was I was the third tackle on the LCIF team my senior year. There was. Um, there was a, one kid out of, I think, Orange County or Torrance or somewhere in there. His name was Chris Avery. And then there was a guy named Terry Albritton who would go on to um, set the world record in the shot to just a monster guy out of Newport Harbor High School. And I was the third guy. So I always felt on I was, I felt, I was kind of like the add-on guy at the end. <laughs> but probably, I guess, four. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I was fast, but... <laughs> Nobody cared about fast linemen back then. Well, here's my pet peeve. At least you calling yourself a four-star, you got some some knowledge and basis to make it on rather than some of these recruiting people. But I'll I'll not get off on that diatribe. I'll ask one one more question here. Um, well, I also threw the shot put 67 feet, so uh, I figured if I could do that, that probably made me a fairly good athlete. Right. And didn't you beat All Britain? I think I read someplace. Is that is that a? Yeah, I beat, I beat him in the CIF in the state. My senior year. Not bad. Again, multi-sport athlete here. Uh, Randy Crossan, you know, you can't talk football these days without that word concussion. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just would love to, to hear your take on it. I know you retweeted the other day, uh, you know, about the, I don't know, was it 500% improve not improvement, uh, you know, rates of concussions. Increase. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what do you think? What, what, I mean, certainly it's serious when you have a concussion, but what do you think about the way people are attacking the sport as it relates to that spotlight on? Well, I think they're not told enough, or at least they don't have enough common sense to figure out that the attention on the issue is the major emphasis behind the, 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 the huge impact in the number of reported cases. And so when somebody says it's up 500%, well, sure, it's just being reported more at all levels. Right. And, and you know, you had to be unconscious when I was playing to actually somebody say, Hey, that guy might have a concussion. Um, it's a, it's a great issue. Something that I'm very passionate about. Um, 
I'm involved with a, a group called the International Brain Injury Research Network that's uh, being backed by a few pretty major corporations looking at building a facility down in Florida to try to be a you know major consolidating center for a lot of the research being done. Um, and it's it's something that's extremely, uh, I think, important to everyone. And the number one thing you have to understand is the 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 unbelievably capricious and random nature of head injuries. Because what I did over, you know, 21 years total of playing football and the number of hits that I took, um, you know, the another person could have taken one-tenth of those hits and had some incredible lasting-type damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is no standardized you know, a way of looking at it and saying, okay, if you do this, then X follows along these lines. That's why we've just got to get um, not only more research dollars and more research being done, we have to consolidate that information so, you know, everyone's not pulling on a rope from 10 different directions. Well, well, well said. And I mean, here you're a guy that, you know, uh, walked away uh, when you still had some years in you, right? What, what, what made you make that decision? I mean, are you just that intelligent or, or was it? <laughs> no, no, no. I've got people that would refute that one in a heartbeat, um, especially ones that listen to do football. Um, no, you know, I did, to me, it, it was something very simple. I know, you know, I'm going to be in Canton next next month with Eddie DeBarlow for his Hall of Fame induction, and he and Bill Walsh wanted me to play for another three years when I told them I was going to I was going to go. And when I told them why I was retiring, I think they both agreed with me that and that was the decision to make because it it really wasn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was 30 at that time. I played 13 years. I was 34 years old. And I had people telling me what time to go to bed during training camp and blowing whistles in my ear. And, you know, I was Pavlov's dog. I heard a, I heard a horn. I ran to a certain corner on the field. And <laughs> it was just, you know, it, it was time for me to, to do adult things and put away children's-type <laughs> games. And that's just how I felt about it. And, you know, was I giving up money? Yeah, I was a, like the third highest-paid lineman in the league at that time, which now would be unbelievable money. <laughs> then I thought I was making unbelievable money, but yeah, I mean, I could have played another few years and I would have gotten another Super Bowl run. Yep, and you know what, Randy? I'll tell you what, you couldn't have been a more perfect pick to uh, kind of look back over the, the decades. Uh, you're still a, a person that loves the sport and can give some perspective, so we really appreciate you joining us on the show tonight. And Thanks a lot, and uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your summer, and, and, and thanks for joining us. My, my pleasure. My pleasure, Jeff, and Everybody enjoy the 2016 football season on all levels. It's going to be a blast. That sounds right. All right, taking a break. Coming back with more. You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system to your coaching toolbox. 
How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football.
USA Today High School Sports is America's leading platform for high school football. The Super 25 team rankings and expert American Family Insurance All USA list have been determining the best of the best nationally and locally for more than three decades. Be sure to check out usatodayhss.com, the best in the game for everything high school football. This portion of the show brought to you by USA Today High School Sports, USA Today High School Sports, and High School Football America, partnering to give you great high school football coverage across the country and in Southern California throughout the season. All you have to do is go to their website at usatodayhss.com. Well, as we talked about in the last segment, uh, you know, uh, many, many different ways to get into coaching, and uh, it's no easy task. And right now on the line, we have a young man who uh, is, is getting into the profession and not only did he get into it but he's uh, going to author a book that's going to help the rest of you out there who want to become a uh, coach get into the profession help you navigate you know maybe uh, the trial and error that he did uh, maybe he'll uh, lessen that a little bit for you his name is Chris Calvin he is uh, an assistant coach at uh, Sarah High School in Gardena California here in Southern California Uh, I could go through the long list he's the uh, wide receivers coach and he's the strength and conditioning coach he also told me he's the assistant athletic director uh, oh special teams is in there too and let's see what else chris is doing oh he's a math teacher and a science teacher we'll get about that in a second but anyway he is in the middle of authoring a book that is going to take a a a look at what it's like to come out of college and get into the profession as a grad assistant he did that at uh uh, fresno state under pat hill and uh, that gives him the experience and now again as i said he is uh, coaching here in southern california and chris is on the line to talk about his book going to talk a little bit about the Cavs too and a whole lot of other things. Welcome to the show, Chris. Awesome, Jeff. I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I really appreciate uh, what you do for prep sports, and it, it's an honor and privilege to uh, join you here today. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for uh, joining us on the line. I uh, should point out that uh, you're partnering with a good friend of ours, Chris Four, here in Southern California on this book. So let's kind of dive right into this. Uh, like I said, there's many ways to get into the profession, uh, and, and you certainly uh, got a little baptism by fire there going to Fresno State and then uh, approaching Pat Hill, and maybe that's where we'll begin because it wasn't as easy as saying, hey, Coach Hill, I want to I want to coach at the collegiate level. Tell us a a little bit about uh, what your journey was like and what what got you to write this book right um well you know it's, it's been a long long journey um i would say the, the underlining theme uh throughout my journey has been persistence um i knew that at at, at one point i did want want to become a, a coach i just didn't know what way or how to go about it um and you know i i, I sat back and and wrote a list of goals and i one of my goals was definitely to um, join a collegiate program, and I felt at the time uh, I was at an ideal program at Fresno State. Um, as a matter of fact, my, the first time meeting Coach Hill, um, and this could probably be said for about maybe five coaches uh, throughout the country at a Division One program, but Coach Hill was wiping literally wiping down the facilities with a with a towel <laughs> and a spray bottle, you know, cleaning the facilities. So that just made me feel at home because of the, um, the down-to-earth uh, personality that Pat Hill had at that, at that point in time. Um, but for me, I knew the first initial step would to be, was to be um, brought on as a graduate assistant coach. Um, but you know what? There's not much information out there. I mean, there's, there's an article here or there, but there's not 
you know, much information or literature that tells um, a young man like myself at the time how to go about doing that. So, um, like you stated, I, I, I went through a lot of trial and error, and I'm, I must have went up to the uh, football facilities about 20 times and was told no uh, 20 times. Um, you know, but I did not let that deter me um, because, believe it or not, that's how they, that's how they filter out um, candidates. Um, and sure enough, the 21st time I, I finally went up to the office, they, they, I guess they grew tired of me, and they finally gave me a, a shot, you know. And whether, and I'll speak a lot about this in the book, um, whether or not it's, you know, fouling papers or, or, or cleaning up bins, you have to make sure that you do that to the best of your ability because that allows the coaches in return to trust you and, and give you more um, leeway with, with your responsibilities. Um, so yeah yeah you got to get got to get a lot of no's before a yes that's in any profession that's for sure we've got we've got chris calvin on the line he's uh authoring a book uh still untitled uh he's he's working on that but he's he's cranking it out and it will be available later this year uh through chris for website uh eight laces.org we'll talk about that a little bit later and he is uh like i said currently an assistant coach uh, a teacher at uh, sarah high school which is uh he's an alum uh, of sarah uh played for the Cavs from uh, 2002 through 06 uh, stand out to all league defensive back for the Cavaliers back in the day. Uh, so uh, let's let's kind of then uh, you know take it to what you were saying there, where you know if you're asked to swab the the bathroom, you do it to the best of your ability. So so there you are. You finally oh, yeah. you finally got your yes. You're probably on nine, cloud nine now. now uh, what are some of the tasks you were given, and and and, and kind of how did you approach that job? I mean, I know you're giving your best, but but tell us what that means. Does that mean you're working 16 hours a day? Or, or how did you how did you bring it together? Well, you know, I, I remember this vividly, like it happened yesterday. Um, there were actually two of us that were accepted um, into a quality control role, um, and our initial start date was the where the six a.m. practices. All right, so the team wakes up at the crack of dawn, about five o'clock in the morning, and and. Uh, at the, at the time, the current graduate assistant, he had asked me, Paul Lyon, and we're still great friends to this day, he asked me, Chris, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's so hard about coaching? What do you mean am I sure if I want to do this? <laughs> you know, so he, he turns around and tells me, okay, I, um, you need to be here at 445 in the morning. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my, what are, what are we going to be doing at 445 in the morning? Um, but sure enough, you know, this is something that I had really sacrificed and I'll talk about the sacrifices that you have to be willing to make um, in, the, in the upcoming book. But um, just to give you a sense of opportunity and how, how certain people can take advantage of it or let it go to the wayside, um, unfortunately, the young man that was brought in with me, he overslept. So when he showed up at 5.15 in the morning, they asked him to literally just turn back around and leave. Um, so there I was, the only one um, that, that was on the field, and my first task, believe it or not, I was holding tennis balls for the players um, as they were doing a, like a three-cone shuttle drill, um, and I was getting mud kicked in my face. But I tell you what, I was holding the tennis ball to the best of my ability, and I can I can promise you that no one was out there holding the tennis ball better than I was. And I just I really I really appreciated the time that I I did have out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And after the fact that the the first workout was over, all the coaches had left, and you know I run up to the, the graduate assistant at the time, I said, hey, you know, where's everyone going? Like, what do we do after this? He goes, oh, you just go home. That's all we need you to do. 
Yeah, I was a little bit taken back at that, but you know what? <laughs> at looking back on it now, you know that's how it works. Mm-hmm. At, you're at the lowest of low uh, on the totem pole, and you have to humble and set your ego aside at that point to show them that you are willing to work and bust your butt and show up uh, first and leave last at that at that moment in time. And you know, I did that for um, spring. I did that for uh, summer, and I did that throughout the fall. Um, and yeah, that was that was an interesting time for me. <laughs> probably, yeah, I would say so. You probably got excited to watch Wimbledon the uh, over the last two weeks with right, tennis right, balls. Exactly, all right, exactly. <laughs> we're I talking. probably know how many fibers are in a tennis ball because I did that for what three and a half weeks that they were out there. Uh, that's a great story, and and that's the stuff that you're gonna you're gonna put into your book that you're writing right now to give absolutely, people the idea. Absolutely. And, and and you know it's it's no different, really. You know, I know you're writing this for coaches, but ultimately it's any business. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's broadcasting, like I've oh, been yeah. for forty. You you, 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 sometimes you got you gotta scrub a toilet and 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 <laughs> smile right. smile while you're doing it. That's for sure. Exactly. We're talking to Chris exactly. Calvin today. He's on the line. He's an assistant coach at Sarah High School here in Southern California. Great program, and uh, he's writing a book right now. Uh, title not uh, not come up with yet, but he's thinking that one over. That's going to look at becoming a uh, a college football coach uh, going in the the uh, the grad assistant route which is is not an easy one and you know one of the things that uh, you know is so important and I, I'm, I'm you know you kind of touched on it you know networking yeah you go to the the football office 20 times and get 20 no's and all that but what, what about networking once you're in there because I know a lot of our coaches that come on here say you know what I, I'm constantly you know building that network out there uh, how did you do that is you know how important is that in your mind Right. Uh, the networking aspect, it, it takes time to build. Um, fortunately for me, I, I coached in, in college under two different staffs, and it's amazing how just within two staffs, how, how many different schools branch out under one coach, for instance. Um, I can just remember, you know, list off top. I have, I have some ties in the, in the SEC, Pac-12, Mountain West, um, even the ACC, uh, you know, just from the coaches that I that I've met, and and I I, I can remember vividly one quote um, from Coach Hills. He used to always say, "You never know who your next boss is." Mm-hmm. You know, so that so that relationship that you build, as you, even though even though you're a graduate assistant, even even though that you're at the lowest lowest of low, on, in respect to uh, coach in the coaching world. You never know who your next boss is going to be. Like, for instance, the first staff I worked under, they were fired in the first year, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one coach went to Central Michigan. One coach um, one coach ended up at Colorado State, who, who's now at Florida. One coach ended up at Tulane, who, who, who's now at Nebraska. And, and these are all ties that, that branch out. One coach um, ended up, he's still at, at um, Stanford now. And these are all ties, and I can easily reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I need your advice or, or I need your help in this instance. And, and that's built through the relationship and the hard work that I, I had earned through the time. And by no means was it easy. Um, there were several uh, sleepless nights. There were, you know, many nights that I slept in the office, you know, and, and countless other tasks that seemed at the time impossible to accomplish. But uh, one consistent thing that coaches at that level say uh, is figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't you don't say that you make a way out of no way, basically, you know, and, and that's how you earn their trust and respect, because in all actuality, they, they have they've been at this point at one point in time, you know, so 
essentially it's a pay it forward and an earn your stripes kind of deal. Um, and the better or the, or the sooner you, you understand that aspect, um, the better you're, you're able to appreciate what you're doing at that moment. Yeah, no, makes a lot of sense. Chris Calvin on the line tonight, yeah. uh, authoring a book right now. Uh, it's uh, going to take a look at getting into the uh, college football game as a GA. He did that at Fresno State. He's now an assistant coach at uh, Sarah High School here in Gardena, California. And uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit when you said, you know, you didn't oversleep and you figured out how to toss some tennis balls and all that. Um, but, but you know, certainly you had a desire and a drive to get in. And, and you were coached yourself right. as a high school football player. Right. So, so how did, you know, everything you saw having the whistle blown at you change when you start being right. the guy with the whistle in your mouth? What, what was expectation versus reality like? Right. Well, you know what? That's funny that you said that because I was just listening to um, Luke Walton's uh, presser, and he had mentioned that as a player, there's definitely, there's, there's definitely um, two ends of the spectrum that you have to look at as a coach. You have to look at it as a, as a, from a from a player's lens and a coach's lens. And through growing up, obviously, I, I've had my father was uh, a, a huge instrumental uh, factor. He coached me through whether it's pop one or baseball, track and field, um, even to high school. Who, who's my high school coaches? Currently, my boss at Sarah High School. So I played for him, and now I'm working with him. Um, he's played a huge role in, into how I coach, how I prepare. Um, also, um, another coach from Sarah High School, Steve Garcia, who's at El Camino College, um, and, and even the coaches that I, I worked with at Fresno State, I can I can lean on, and I have my my coaches my coachisms come from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a huge factor in who I am today and how, and how I want to carry myself. Um, Keith Williams at Nebraska, he's he's always preached stay professional, you know. So and and, and that goes beyond coaching. That goes, with, you know, for me, meeting parents, um, sitting in admin meetings at the high school level is to always stay professional um, because, like I said, Coach used to say, you never know who your next boss is. And another um, coachism that I love, uh, especially I use it uh, probably more frequently now that I'm at the high school level, um, came from Coach Hill is goes by, uh, I believe they say it came from, Urban Meyer, uh, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. You know, so at, at college and on the Division One level, it's a different perspective because these are all players or student athletes that belong on that level. Where you go to a high school level, maybe the talent pool or selection of talent may not be as um, prominent in the, in the Division One program. So, you know, I, I found myself reflecting on that really quickly. You know. I'm either coaching these guys to do it or I'm allowing it to happen. So, again, I, re- I always rely on, on the coachisms that I've learned and the mentorship um, from, you know, when I was a toddler to, to this very day. Yeah, no, makes a lot of sense. Chris Calvin on the line tonight. We're talking about a book that he's uh, authoring right now that will be out uh, at the end of the season, uh, taking a look at breaking into the profession. College football, he went in as a GA uh, at Fresno State, now uh, coaching here in Southern California at his alma mater. And, you know, uh, you you talked about getting up at uh, whatever ungodly hour that was (laughs) to get out to your first practice. (laughs) And, and, you know, I've said this so often, and I've had the pleasure. I've been around this game for 40 years at the high school level, and, you know, we're not 
not going to see the guys that coach 40 or 50 years as a head coach. I, I don't right, think in the right. future because, you know what, it, it's a demanding game. It's now, you know, 24-7, oh, yeah. 365 and all that. And, and, and what I'm leading to with that point, yeah. and I want your take on it, is, is you know, the young man. You are a young man yet. You're not an old guy mm-hmm. yet. You graduated right. from high school in 06. Right. But how much does your age help you in this game? Because you do need some energy to do the 88 different things, 98 different hats you got to oh, wear, yeah. whatever it is. How, how much does it help you in your estimation? Yeah. Um, it, it Age definitely helps, but I think the love of the profession helps more. You know, I, I do this day in and day out, and there's not a single day where I wake up, Jeff, and say, gosh, I really don't want to go in. Mm-hmm. You know, truly, I truly found out, and I'm fortunate enough to find my, my calling at such a young age and uh, to experience the things that I've experienced um, you know, at, at this age, and and I'm and I'm really taken back on um, some of the things that I see in, in the coaching profession, where you know they talk about taking a shortcut, shortcut, or having shortcuts. Well, really, it's not a shortcut. These people have done their time, and they've made great use of it, and made great use of uh, the networking that's available out there. Um, and, and to me, that's what it boils down to. Um, because there are no shortcuts in the coaching profession. Because quite simply, as a coach, you, you, you can be exposed. You know, if you go if you go zero and ten or zero and twelve or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the game the game doesn't change at all. You know, football is football at the end of the day. You know, whether you're running power out of an eye back, you can run power out of the shotgun spread that we're seeing nowadays. You know, but if you cannot if you're not able to articulate that or effectively teach or coach your players. Um, to effectively get that done, um, you know, you'll get exposed on, on that level. And that's where I think the time and the preparation and the love of the game comes comes in hand. Because for me, I can I can watch football all day. You know, I, for me, I, I, I can't attend a Super Bowl party, Jeff, <laughs> because I'm always coaching. I'm always coaching. Like, what, what are they doing? All I that hear that. I leave the three-tech unblocking. You know, all the guys or the girls are looking at me like, "What? Are, what language are you speaking?" <laughs> you know, it's just football is embedded in me. It's it's unreal. Um, but th- that's just the love of the game I have. So I really don't think about the hours. Um, it does get daunting, but that's where um, time management comes in hand. You know, after a while, you you realize where to place um, certain tasks on, on a, in a pecking order. You know, what, what needs to be done first, last, or you know, what can you push off to the side because you have a rhythm or you have a um, you have a sense of what you're doing, you know. So, but for me, it all boils down to the love of the game. I, I, don't, I really don't mind the hours, and um, I think that's what helped prepare me for for coming back to the high school level and, and juggling all these different titles, what have you. Is you know waking up at at five in the morning when I literally got home at two in the morning, getting three hours of sleep. You know, well, what do you do in those 21 hours, I mean, or 18 hours on a given day? That's pretty hard to explain to average Joe. You know, my, my family would always explain or ask me, what, what, what do you do? You know, well, there's there's really no job description for a graduate assistant because it, it changes so much on a day-to-day basis. Um, but that that's, again, when you, when you lean on that crutch of loving football, loving uh, the relationships and loving the mentorship with the kids and, and all that sorts of things that's involved with coaching. 
Yeah, jack of all trades and hopefully master of more than a few is probably the best way to look at it. Right. <laughs> Chris, Cal- Chris Calvin on the line, uh, writing a book uh, yet to be titled, but it's going to be looking at the breaking into the profession through a grad assistance job. And uh, he did that at, at uh, Fresno State. He's at uh, Sarah High School here in Southern California. He mentioned that he came back in, into it, and I don't want to go through that whole journey. We, uh, we, probably, we could probably do two hours on this whole topic, but but one of the things right, that's right. interesting... Oh, yeah. yeah, and you mentioned uh, Coach Scott Altenberg, you know, at, some Somewhere in this conversation, who's the head coach at Sarah? A great, great head coach, one of the tops in America. Yeah. Uh, you played under him, right? So he's blowing the whistle, maybe yep, yelling yep. at you once or twice during right. your career there. Right. And, and now all of a sudden, you're part of the team, or you're, you're on the same side. What, what's that like? What was the transition right. like from being the player? I know some years passed between the two, but being being right. the the player and then being you know one of the guys trying to put together the Cavaliers. Right. I tell you, it it was it was a bit awkward at first. You know, because in my mind, I had always envisioned him as coach, mm-hmm. you know, or, or mentor, you know. And now here I am, I'm, I'm sitting down, and now we're game planning together. You know, and what I could, what always strikes me is his, his father was actually, um, his late great father was uh, a coach of mine. He was my position coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it's all like full circles. Like they say, life comes full circles. And it's it's it, at first it was so awkward, Jeff. You know, just sitting in the same room, game planning with the same guy who was coaching. Like you said, maybe yelled at me a time or two, you know, to run faster or catch the ball or <laughs> hey, you're not doing your job right. And you know, and now we're yelling together at God. But I think now it just makes the transition seamless, you know, because we have the same vision, we understand. Um, we understand the task, and we understand the demographics of our school, you know, how we're David always going against the Goliath, and, you know, not many people see it that way, but in all actuality, we are. And, and time in and time out, this guy has defied the odds uh, for, I think he's going on, like, his 21st year or something like that. It's, it's unbelievable. It, it really is. Yeah, one of the great programs in uh, Southern California, the Sarah Cavaliers. We're talking with uh, Chris Calvin tonight about a book he's writing and uh, want to drill it down a little bit, get a little of the people listening here thinking 2016. We're, we're a month away, actually less than two months away, I should say, from actually playing right. the, the real games and all that. So give us a, a little right. snapshot, yep. uh, like your small school doing big things. I know you guys lost some talent, but you guys just reload there. So right. uh, what what do you what'd you see during spring <laughs> ball? What are you seeing over the summer, and what do you expect in fall camp out of this team well you know what um i think the staff is really fired up in in the direction that we're going right now um uh you know like you stated we're we're a very small school our student population sits under 490 kids and that's co-ed um and yet we're still playing in division one football the highest the highest level i think i would say across the country um top to bottom as far as um talent level and, and competition um, but you know what? We're going to be young, but I, I really like where we're young at because these guys have something to prove. You know, like you said, we, we have a rich tradition of, of sending out um, kids. Uh, I think the number is 11. Next year, 11 um, players will be on, on USC's roster. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have one at UCLA. Um, I think we've had 11 Nike opening selections. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. And if, if you put if you took those numbers and just said the program, Sarah High School, you would never know that we're such a small school. But that's why I really love and enjoy my day in and day out job at the school because the guys really, really, really work hard. 
Um, and that just that was just a microcosm of how spring and summer went. Um, we'll, we'll have we lost our 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 quarterback, uh, but we have a young guy that's been in the system about three years, and he he runs the offense like he's Coach Audenberg out there. So that's really exciting to see. Uh, we have skill guys back. Um, we have uh, Kobe Smith, Brian Addison, David Urey, Max Williams. You hear a, a bunch of these guys um, through the year. Um, and we're really fired up for the first we play a double zero game against Sagaro uh, or Sawaro. I think the G is silent there. Yep, you got you got it right. Very good. Um, Your Spanish that, is working. Yeah. Your Spanish is good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, they're the defending state champions out in Arizona, so we have to travel there. So we're going to be uh, battling uh, two, you know, two uh, facets or two opponents. We'll have two opponents that night. You know, the Heat. And a uh, pretty talented team. Uh, so we're looking forward to the challenge. Our guys never really back down from a challenge. And uh, they, they thrive really well in the underdog role. And uh, we're really fired up about the direction this year uh, could possibly turn out to be. Well, it's it, it, this is an exciting time of year. Uh, and and I, I know yeah. for you it's exciting, you know, especially coaching your alma mater. And we just really appreciate you taking the time here. I uh, kind of wrap up with a, a little bit of a pitch here. Obviously, the book doesn't have a title yet. Uh, you're working with Chris Four on it. You're going to be right. putting it through his uh, website. But uh, how are people going to be able to get the book when it comes out? Do your little pitch here. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you got to become a pitch man right. like uh, – you know those people on infomercials right right well you know my message to to, to aspiring coaches is, is pretty simple um like i said when, when i was looking to to become a graduate assistant or put get my foot in the door as a college coach uh there wasn't much out there um so with this book this is this is a tool for for coaches to use um and one thing uh, football scoop just just put a uh, article out uh, for you know, seven things that coaches all, all coaches should have, and, and one of them on the list was pay it forward, and, and that's what this book is really about: is to pay it forward to to guys like me, um, who really who really aspire to get to the next level. You know, what what expectations are there to have? Um, what what should you be willing to sacrifice? Um, and you know, if if that entices you, um, the, the goal is to have a, a release date in December. Um, Chris and I have spoke about attending uh, this year's AFCA convention, so we'll have it available there. Um, and, of course, like you mentioned previously, uh, the book can be found um, on 8laces.org um, via hard copy or ebook. Um, so, you know, I'm fired up, he's fired up, and we've had about 50 coaches respond through a survey about their experience um, as a graduate assistant coach. We have Five, we have all the Power Five conference, or we have a representative from the Power Five conferences, um, the SEC, Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. There are, there, there's a representative from, from, from all those power schools. Um, so it gives you a, a, a really um, large um, aspect of, you know, the different experiences that these coaches have had in different conferences because each one is different, mm-hmm. you know. What a coach, what a coach may be looking for in the Mountain West, may be totally different from from what they're looking for in the SEC. You know, so you you'll see all those different perspectives throughout the book, and and that's that's why I think this is this will be a, a home run out the park because you know there's there's coaches all over the country. You know, and this will um, um, uh, demographically respect to where they are. You know in a given area so i'm really fired up about 
you know, this project. Um, and I hope someone can enjoy it as much as I as I write it. <laughs> well, you, you know, we've we've taken uh, you know about uh, twenty five minutes of your time here, so that means you you weren't writing for twenty five minutes. So we're going to let you go, Chris. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> let you let you get back All to right. the old. Well, I, really I was going to say typewriter. It, yeah. yeah, it's not a typewriter anymore. It's a computer right. screen. But uh, Chris, <laughs> no. we we really yep. appreciate you taking the time and wish you uh, and the the program there at Sarah nothing but success in two thousand sixteen. And look forward to uh, checking out the book when it comes out uh, toward the end of the year. Thanks for joining us tonight great Jeff I really appreciate the time alright I want to thank uh, Chris Calvin for joining us on the show tonight along with uh, three time Super Bowl winner Randy Cross talking about his days back at uh, Crespi High School in Southern California all the way up through the Super Bowls and a lot of great takes on the game that uh, he loves and uh, so many of us love 1.1 million players each and every year uh, play high school football as we get ready for the 2016 season coming up and we also want to thank uh, Scott Lenoff the uh, head coach at Cibolo Steel don't forget, High School Football America's preseason top 25 and the other 25, meaning teams 1 through 50. We rank them with our algorithm. We'll be coming out on August the 1st, along with our regional, seven regional rankings, the top 10 from around the country, which will also uh, be uh, supplemented with our uh, Southern California top 25 and California top 25 as we continue to uh, have what we believe is the best national ranking system with a computer in America. So be sure to check that out. Be sure to check out our coach's job board. We're still getting postings out there. Staffs around America still in need of some help. Go to the coach's job board at highschoolfootballamerica.com and don't forget to follow us while we're away. You can follow us on Twitter at HSFB America. We're also on Instagram. And uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, lots of video from Southern California. So it's going to be a, uh, a fun time as the season is upon us. want to thank all of our partners that make everything possible here at High School Football America, beginning with Crossover. Don't forget, they'll break down the game film for you, allow you time to do what you do best, which is coach. Uh, check them out at crossoverwithak.com forward slash football for a demo. Also, Echo 1612. Get instant replay by going to echo1612.com. They are the originators of it. And Southern Sport, the makers of the TDI Razor, the debris inhibitor Razor. Go to TDI Razor with a U, R A Z U R. Dot com. Use the code HSFA to get a discount on your order. And our good friends at ScoreStream will be providing our scores throughout 2016. State by state, top 25. ScoreStream, you can get the app, Google Play, or the iTunes Store. It's a lot of fun. Go to a game and score along. Let everybody know how your favorite team is doing live time while you're at the game. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. We're glad to be back, excited next week, which uh, will be our sixth anniversary show as we kick off the, uh, the sixth year of High School Football America. Just thank uh, everyone that's made this show as popular as it is, 60,000 downloads per show. We're just very excited to be a part of your world, and we're extremely excited to be an integral part of high school football across America. For now, this is Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from Southern California. You've been listening to High School Football America.